Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Okay, cheers. Cheers. I made a homemade iced coffee. I have not even had a coffee yet. It is 8 a.m. in L.A. Um, I'm Kimmy. I'm Liza. And this is a podcast called 51 First Dates. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is a dating project experiment. Lots of chats about dating. Today we have a great chat about dating and weddings and everything with Jamie Lee. Uh, yeah, Jamie is an amazing. If you haven't heard of Jamie Lee, then you're you need to go look her up right now because she's really fucking cool. She's a comedian. She's an author. She has a hilarious book called Ridiculous about like the process of planning her wedding and how it's ridiculous. Uh, she's she, Allie on HBO's Crashing with Pete Holmes. Yeah, I probably should have with that. No, I mean, if you haven't seen it, you must. Um, but it's funny. I think that Liza and I were just realizing we first like got to know who Jamie Lee was when we were in L.A. at a UCB show. That she hosts yeah, we, with her husband. <laughs> yeah, we randomly were like, oh, let's go see a comedy show tonight. And and it was like a night we had free and we kind of picked it randomly out of the ether. And then uh, it was hilarious. We're like, who is this girl? And then we, you know, begged her to be on our podcast. Yes. So we're really, really, really excited to have her we and are. excited for you guys to hear our whole discussion. And huge shout out to our friend Joyce Wu, friend of the pod, who set this up. We really appreciate it. Another Yay. talented, funny writer. You should go check out all of her things on the internet. Um, yes. Yeah. So we're really excited about that chat, but we thought we'd just, you know, open with some solo Liza Kimmy time. Um, thank you all for all the, <laughs> the rate subscribe reviews. <laughs> yeah. I think I put out that annoying call to action, and then we had so many new reviews on Apple Podcasts, and it was so lovely. We thank you so much. It was so, it helps us so much. Like, it helps us, as we've said a million times, but in case you're new or haven't heard us say this, it helps us get awesome guests like Jamie. It helps us keep growing. It helps us, um, you know, basically keep bringing you this podcast because when we are trying to sell ad space or do any of that stuff, they look at how many reviews we have. And so it's all, it's all really, really helpful, even though it might seem like a weird, unconnected thing. It is very connected. Yeah, I promise I'm not bullying you for no reason. It means a lot. <laughs> and even huger shout out to anyone who sponsored us on our Patreon, this new world we've Yay. entered. Thank you so much. That helps us, you know, be able to do this when it comes to a financial thing um wow words are easy at 8 a.m but no thank you so much right now if you join our patreon at patreon.com slash 51 first dates pod there are some fun little articles we posted in videos and then you can get access to those at different levels it's not required i'm not going to pressure you on this front but it does help if you have a little extra like you know funding for us um because yeah i mean we have this amazing dedicated audience but we want to keep it growing and it's also just like a fun place to put things we don't necessarily want on the broader internet if that makes sense yeah yes completely and yeah it's not a big deal if you have like two three four five dollars that like it doesn't need to be a thing uh, yeah. a big thing or yeah. a thing at all if you can't do it totally uh, but totally, it totally. is it would mean a lot to us um yeah and the other things you can do are follow us at 51 first dates pod on instagram Um, we've been posting lots of little stories that make me feel like a faux influencer, which is fun and embarrassing, but I enjoy it. I know we've, we've like set ourselves up on a schedule where we're like trying to be like those annoying, like, um, vloggers, (laughs) I I guess influencers. And it's very hard for me to take myself seriously when doing it, but it is fun to like interact with people. I think, yeah, like we had the, what do you drink on a first date? That was fun. We posted those answers. There were a lot. It was everything. (laughs) I think milk was one of them. (laughs) 
<laughs> or like one time they drank milk. Which sauce. Yes. And then Amazing. we, you know, had like, you know, your old fashioned wine. We had a couple that were just like, just drink whatever the fuck you want, which I completely agree with. And I was like, oh yeah, it doesn't really matter. But I don't know, you know. I think it's a good, it's a good little platform if you want to follow us there. I hope yeah. I've it. And we love hearing from you guys on there. We also love getting your emails at 51firstdatespod at gmail.com. Um, we've gotten a lot more emails recently and we really, really love them. I'm going to take some time this week to really reply to a bunch of emails that I haven't replied to, um, which is my bad. But we we do read every single email and really, really enjoy them, even if we don't reply right away. Yes. Um, you can send us your worst first date stories there, uh, which we read on the pod if you are up for it. Just just let us know, you know, obviously whatever you're comfortable with sharing in the email. Um, and yeah, we hearing from you guys like makes us so incredibly happy. So even if you're like, oh, I don't have anything to say to them, like just reach out and like say hi and tell us why you like the pod or what, whatever, why you hate the pod or, or like yeah. what you'd like to hear more from us about like guests you think would be cool, themes you think would be cool to talk about on them. Um, any of that. Yeah. And it's so it's I the DMs are awesome too, but especially for those worst first dates, if you email them, we're so much more likely to remember to go find them and read them. Um just a thought, but we love you. We love you no matter what format you come communicate with us in because it's so fun. Especially when I just want to call out our listener um who has kind of taken the helm. I forget she was cool with Instagram tagging. I won't say her name because I don't want to oh man I'll shout her out next time I'm just not sure I would assume she's fine with being shouted out but who's kind of taken the helm of the target date so if you're new to the pod we we came up with this thought or Liza came up with this thought about like just going on a date to fucking target like how that would be kind of dreamy and now we have it's my dream first date yeah it's literally like what could be more perfect you can get a giant fountain Dr. Pepper it's oh my god so perfect we have amazing listeners who are already like ready to embark on this project of going on I think we like 20 Target dates or something or at least ask 20 people on Bumble like want to go to Target and honestly the replies have been pretty amazing those are posted in our secret Facebook group um I'll put them like archived on the Patreon too just anything fun that we post that could get lost I'll make it easy to find on the Patreon um if I can remember to do that today I'll do that um but it's been really fun (laughs) and I we're hoping to get her, like, when she actually goes on a Target date, we're hoping to interview her um, and have it have her on the podcast as a guest to talk about the experience of a Target date. If you've been on Target dates, people have messaged us saying they've been on Target dates and we're loving those stories. So I think in the next, like, week or two, we're going to do a Target date roundup um, and we'll read some stories about Target dates. We'll hopefully have this amazing listener on to talk about her Target date journey. And uh, it's going to be fucking awesome. So keep an eye out, ear out for that. Yeah, can I read one of the the Target dates? Also, this is yes. not sponsored by Target, Target at all. I feel no, we have no connection with Target. We just are enthusiasts. <laughs> like if you work there in cold Minnesota, please tell us. But I'll, I'll read one listener Target date, and then we'll get to Jamie Lee. So this was from a listener who, before she listened to the episode, um, she went on a Target date the week prior. I met this guy, his name's Matt, last Tuesday for coffee, and we hit it off right away. I had a busy upcoming weekend going out of town, and when he texted me Wednesday, he asked if he could see me before I left. I really only had Thursday night available and a lot to do before I went. I told them that he was able to come hang at my place while I cooked stuff to take with me on my trip and we could order a pizza, but I may need to rent a Target. He, being the go with the flow type, was in. I ended up being the one to drive since, hey, it was my errand to run and I was nervous I would be too crazy of a driver. Anyway, the trip to Target was so fun. Immediately when we got there, I asked, do you like to push the cart? And he replied, yeah, I do. I thought, yep, (laughs) this is perfect since I hate pushing the cart. 
So while I walked around the clothing section to find the shirt I needed, he commented about how amazing this was that we were already shopping in Target. Honestly, it was a great way to get to know someone. He grabbed a few items and I did too. We got to the self-checkout and he prematurely walked up to a register that was in use without paying attention. Loudly he yells, whoops, sorry there. Got a little excited. Back up. <laughs> back to the cart. Back up. I burst out laughing. I love when so- someone in social is social and comfortable and goofy in their skin. He was also super friendly and funny to the lady watching the restroom registers. These are important things to me. You can tell a lot about a person and how they treat people in the service industry. Agreed. Anyways, yeah. fast forward to today. It's only been, what, eight days and three dates with plans for Friday and the weekend. We are all for target dates. Please see attached screenshots. Haha. P.S. Don't judge me on the snaps. I don't know what that means, but there's a winky face. Um, oh, yeah. there's she Basically, the screenshot, I can share this with her permission, is about, like, her telling her date, like, I listened to this podcast about dating and they just started talking about target dates. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. This is really That's cute. hilarious. I love it. Thank you for sharing. That was lovely. Um, I, oh, I, my God. <laughs> I can't believe that we've just- I love that so much. Guys, I it's my dream. It's my actual dream. <laughs> I mean, it's also, like, very, like, I guess cost effective, we could say, because everyone knows you always spend more in Target, but, like... It's, you're going to be buying things you also you would need, not just like dumping money on drinks or a dinner. So yeah, you like and it it's still a bargain. You can still get big packages of stuff. You can. That's true. Know. Yeah, I mean it's no Costco, but if you, if you're it's not Costco. Costco. Like, please, it's definitely a step up, like a, financially a step up from Costco, but still, um, you know, deals. It's lovely. And you know what's um, funny is on Instagram, I, there are just a ton of like GIF stickers like that are like Target boyfriend they like. Like, people love Target. Like, I don't know if it's, like, a Valentine's promotion, but, hey, it's our Valentine's promotion. Oh, my gosh. Liza, is this our Valentine's episode? I think it oh is. Oh, my God. Is it? I it, think it is. It definitely is. Um, or maybe, maybe not. Wow. We've really – oh, well. It's fine. <laughs> let me look at – I have, like – let me look at a calendar. I think it's right after sure Valentine's it Day right now. Yeah. Yes. I completely forgot about Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Day is a Thursday. I know that much. Yeah. This, um, is, this is after Valentine's Day. No, this is. Day. This is coming out next Tuesday. Tuesday oh. the 12th. Oh, it is. Okay. Yes. All right. So, so happy here's the thing. early Valentine's Day. Don't Stay let anyone strong. tell you what to feel today. Not Especially not a naked baby shooting arrows around. And like Valentine's Day is dumb. I'm going to boycott. I'll hang out with my boyfriend. But like we will do normal things. Normal things. I don't know. I know I'm so anti. You can also love Valentine's Day whatever. I just for so many years of it just being like another like rub the salt in the wound. It doesn't matter. On the other side of this experiment of dating and having a relationship I have just never more than ever been like it doesn't matter if you're single or you're not each one is awful and each one is great yeah like every life is shitty and life is great and it doesn't matter if you have a person or not we go to like Chipotle or Shake Shack and where you don't have to get a reservation or do like a expensive prefix mm-hmm. and then go to the movies every because I'm just like I don't Perfect. want to like I wear sweatpants yeah <laughs> like it's not I really dis I boycott in a relationship just because I feel like it's a lot of pressure. It's often a lot of money. It's a lot of like, yeah. I just don't want to be involved with it. So yeah, let it be a day of self-love, if nothing else. Do something nice. I'll put massage. something cute on Take the- Take a bath. Yeah, I'll put something cute in the Facebook group or something. We can come up with something. We'll put a little story up and I'll put something in the Patreon. Like a like a little, a little, little note. Totally. Um, I want to let's start a thread in the secret Facebook group. Also, join the secret Facebook group. It's really been popping. Mm-hmm. People are hanging out, and I love it. It's like the best. It's like the, I'm pretty sure the most supportive, cool space on the internet. Not I to agree. like suck our own dicks, but it's really great. No, we're not sucking um, our own dicks. We're sucking our listeners' dicks. <laughs> and we love to do it. Um, <laughs> no, it's 
it's just a really great uh, like everyone's really supportive and really cool and it, it's a great place people are asking for advice and sharing um, you know their takes on things and it's just really cool but I'm gonna start a thread on Valentine's Day that's just like what's your self-love tradition on Valentine's Day like what do you do on Valentine's Day like so that everybody can see because like I know for me when I was single it was like a lot of times it was hanging out with girlfriends which is really nice but mm-hmm. there were a couple Valentine's Days like I didn't have a lot of single girlfriends like even in college like it just didn't line up yep. and I was like alone and I started like getting like nachos and like going and like taking a bath that was and just like doing like little silly things that were just like this is me loving me mm-hmm. yeah yeah that'll be good I'll think of mine I didn't have like an a, a regular but like I had some rough ones in there and then I, there were certain movies that are great and uh, but we love you follow us on the things and now more importantly this is our interview our, our chat I should call it with Jamie Lee We're so happy to have you here. We've been like longtime fans. We were just saying to Jamie off recording that we like went to her UCB show in LA and have thought she was very cool since then. So we're psyched to have her here, especially on our Valentine's Day episode. Um, and yeah, when- and shout out to Joyce Wu for connecting Woo! us, a friend. That was very lovely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's like, I have like Love a, Joyce. she's the coolest person I know, I think. <laughs> she's very cool. <laughs> yeah, she's. She is really Fully. cool. Just I always like feel the cooler most when I'm hanging out with her. Beautiful fly girl you'll ever meet. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Jamie is uh, if, you, if uh, Jamie is an actor, comedian. She plays Allie on Crashing. She's the author of Ridiculous, an unfiltered guide to being a bride, uh, and just an all around also cool girl. Um, so yeah, we're psyched to have uh, have you here today, Jamie. And uh, we'd love for you to. We always like to start with our guests by asking them to tell a, a worst first date story if you have one. Yeah, um, well, two come to mind that are sort of tied for a, a worst. But um, the one I think that was really just alarming and awful. Um, and I actually felt kind of trapped in it. Um, because, okay. So I met this guy, this is when I was maybe like 19 and I met this guy at a club, um, when I was out with a group of friends and he seemed, it was actually like a very douchey club. So he seemed cool, like relative to the other people there. Um, he was like not dressed as lame and like, it was just, I don't know, this was a long time ago, so there was a lot of those kind of, like, um, uh, Night at the Roxbury, like, button-down oh shirts that were sort of shimmery. That was, like, a very popular look, and he wasn't wearing one, so I was like, oh, he's cool, and he had, like, a hat on, like, a backwards hat on, which somehow in my mind I was like, oh, he's, like, you know, he's just, like, a normal guy, whatever. So then we ended up scheduling this date, and he uh, picked me up at his house. Oh, wait, no. Did he pick me up? I don't remember. But I just remember, I think I went to his house, which was far away from my parents' house. My parents live in Dallas, Texas. He lived in Arlington, Texas, which is like 35 minutes away, which or maybe even longer. It can take up an hour, up to an hour to get there. Anyway, so I go to his house in Arlington, and then we're supposed to go <laughs> out to another club. I was very into clubbing, apparently. Um And so I met him and when he opened the door, he looked like a completely different person. He had his hair spiked up, like gelled up really tall. And 
was just wearing one of those shirts that I just described, like the shimmery shirt. And he just looked completely different in like normal apartment lighting. And I immediately was like, I am not attracted to this person, like at all. Um, and then he took me to a uh, line dancing bar. And I am not a country Western fan. And we were at this like line dancing bar in the middle of nowhere, super far away from where I live. And he uh, and then he proceeded to tell me that he didn't think gay people <sighs> were acceptable. Um, I don't even remember how it came up because it was so long ago. But I remember just staring at him like, I have to get out of here. Like this guy is terrible. Um, and we had nothing to talk about. And then I think I ended up faking sick. And then I got a cab all the way back to my parents' house. It was like a, a oh I don't know. God. I think the cab cost like over a hundred dollars just to like get away from this person. Um, yeah. And I just like left in the middle Good of the day. I'm well, just like, so many listeners write in about like people just sharing their really terrible beliefs like very early in a first date which I'm just, I just I just don't understand from like a manner standpoint but also like what's the need behind that I don't know like it's good for you for getting out of there <laughs> yeah and it it was also I remember specifically it was the way he said it like like gay people are terrible right like in this way where like he assumed that I was on the same page and he had no information mm-hmm. about me either way to back up his feelings. So it was just, it was just so, yeah, it's like, it's just amazing that I don't know, unless that's like a thing with him where he's like, I got to get this out right away. I can't be with someone who, you know, isn't <laughs> a God. bigot. Yeah. <laughs> on the one like, hand, it's like, well, that's great because know. you got to be like, cool thank you next. Like it is worth a hundred dollars for me to leave this date. But on the other hand, like he exists. So that's not great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to, yeah. Yeah. It was so, yeah. And it was like bad enough that I already was just like his physical appearance, especially on an early date. If you're not attracted to them, there's really not, you know, they at least have to be like charming and cool for you to be like, Oh, okay. Maybe we could, maybe this could work out. But if they don't even have that, you're just like, I got to go. Like this is, you have like a visceral reaction totally. where yeah. you're I like, I must too, get out meeting of here. someone at a bar or like in a dark, like, you know, at two in the morning, like they just look very different than when you see them the next time. And that's always like, I feel like that's something, you know, you just got to learn. Yeah. Well, it's like, funny too because again, I feel like myself included when I was going on yeah. dates. But like our listeners, like everyone's like, "Oh, people don't look like their pictures," or like I wasn't attracted in person, and I like forgot that that could easily happen after you meet someone at a bar too, or like or a club where they're the outlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, bar lighting is yeah, bar and club lighting super manipulative. You know, it's like dimly lit to make everyone look amazing, plus alcohol, which yep. already gives you like rose-colored glasses. I mean, really, it's uh, it's not until you see them in proper, you know, bright lighting that you can actually assess. Totally. Especially if you're if you're at a club like kind of like filled with boogers, like someone who's just like slightly less of a booger can seem so much Mm -hmm. better. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that sort of for me, especially when I was a lot younger, that was always an issue because. Uh, I grew up in Dallas, Texas, like I said, and I always felt like I was kind of, especially at that time in my life, I was very much like 
sort of like indie rock alternative girl. And I felt like everyone I was meeting was kind of like a, you know, like either super Southern, like kind of a good old boy type or like this guy where like he likes to have fun, but then he's like secretly terrible. I don't know. It, it was really hard to meet cool, quote unquote, cool guys. Um, so I think that that's why, you know, when I'm talking about like the way he was dressed and stuff, like at that time in my life, you know, when I was way less mature, that stuff really mattered. Like kind of having like that identity look that I could point to and be like, yes, you're my type. I know we talk also about types a lot because it's so real. Like I have a type, you know, when people aren't your type, it's just, it's that extra hurdle to kind of get over. Um, I agree that like, hopefully I've grown out of that a little bit, but it's tricky. Um, so wait, so Jamie, where, where, how long were you in Dallas? When did you move out? Um, this, I think, I think I met that guy like the summer before I went to college. Um, yeah, I, I left, uh, I, yeah, I left when I was, I guess, whatever, whenever you go to college, 18 or 19, I went to school in Austin, Texas, and then I moved okay, yeah, to Yeah, because just like the uh, different York dating scenes too, I feel like, always coming up. Like, I, I used to live in New York, Liza's obviously still there. Like, the dating there is rough, but also like sometimes just like other cities, it's just as rough. Like, it's not necessarily better outside of New York, so. Yeah, I'm always interested in that because I, I feel like I always thought dating was really hard in New York. Like, I, I think the biggest wake up call. And I'm sure this does exist in other cities, but in New York, I'd be dating a guy and I felt like I was the only person he was seeing. And then I would later find out that he had like so many girls. And I'm like, wait, how? Like you really yeah, had me believe to me. that, that I was, was like my life one. up until doing this kind of like, that's what like kind of inspired doing, going on more like traditional first dates and just pushing myself because I'd end up in those exact same situations. And I thought I was like the only one and it was going to get more serious very soon. And then it, it couldn't because there were six other, yeah, women. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like right. men in New York, right. like, if yeah. they... so crazy. Uh, like, obviously, not everybody, blah, 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 et cetera, all the disclaimers, but a lot of men in New York are just, like, at a buffet. You, you know, it's just, like, what, how much, like, it's there's, like, this mm-hmm. insane desire to, like, ex- like, just, yeah, get as much as they possibly can. That's really kind of gross, but I don't know. I also don't want to judge it too harshly. Like, I've I've been in situations where I wanted to date more than one person at a time, but there's a weird vibe in New York that that's, like, the, oh, yeah. uh, the baseline. Yeah, and I I guess I never – I think, like, my my biggest issue with dating is that I never – I didn't understand that you were supposed to be like seeing a bunch of people. Like, I know that sounds kind of naive or ignorant, but like, I really didn't get it. I was like, Oh, I thought it was like, you go on a date and like hope that this is the one. And then like you go on another date and you hope that they're the one. Like, I didn't understand that you could just like enjoy yourself. Even after watching sex in the city, which I was an avid fan of, I felt like Carrie's perspective was always like, she's kind of just like done in for the one. And this is how she's, having to deal with that and this is how she's having to pursue that so yeah I I, I just I just fully did not understand that dating could totally be whatever I mean like, you it's funny because be. when you said that like just saying that now about Carrie and Sex in the City I was like oh my god yeah that completely informed my 
perspective too. Like I did not realize that until this moment. But I feel like that show got into the heads of so many like ladies around our age that just like it's it, so much of my expectations yeah. about New York were formed by that show. My expectations of like being a, an adult like woman living your life. Um, and it's true. She was really like she had like her big relationships and she was like kept. Yeah, she judged every date she went on based on like, is this guy feasible for like the rest of my life? Um, and it takes time to like unlearn that. Yeah. And then like. And then Samantha was sort of representative of people who are like, yeah, you don't have to settle. You can just sort of like enjoy yourself. And like, you know, it's almost like a self-care approach to dating. Like have the sex, like, you know, indulge yourself, enjoy yourself. Like you're beautiful. You're young. Like just, just go for it. And then she was sort of deemed this archetype of like, yeah, but like you don't want to be a Samantha. And it's like, but why? Like, she she kind of had it all. Like, she was killing it at her job and killing it in her sex life. And you're just kind of, I don't know. It's just very confusing when you watch it. I mean, that show is so unbelievable. I, I am not, uh, I am in no way throwing Sex in the City under the bus. But it does sort of challenge your ideal yeah, when it comes to dating. I love that Instagram account every Sex in the City. I don't know if you follow it either. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's like up. Oh, the best. Like Love. the feminist Charlotte, or Love. I'm forgetting what they actually, it's just, it's so good. Everyone should follow that account. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're it's so good. the best account and the captions are hysterical. I think like Sex and City was great. I totally agree with you, Jamie. Like don't want to throw it under the bus, but it's just dated. It's super dated. It came way down to like finding the one, which is like, I don't know. I think a stress, especially this is coming out around Valentine's Day that all of our listeners have. And obviously your book has to do with, you know, being married and, I don't know. This is like very contrived, but just like from your perspective in terms of like, you know, you've been married and then also reflected on like planning a wedding and all of the stress there. I don't know. If we had a listener kind of listening who was just feeling bummed about like, will that ever happen for me? Do you have any like thoughts? Like it doesn't have to be life-changing advice, but just what would you say to them from where you're at? Yeah. I mean, I think that, well, it a hundred percent will happen for you if you want it to happen for you. I, I don't, I don't think that, um, I don't believe that marriage is this thing that like exists on a pedestal. I think that everything feels very grass is greener, whether you're, when you're married, you sort of glorify and romanticize dating. And when you're dating, you romanticize being in a long-term relationship. I, I have never found it for myself to the contrary. I've always been that person. I'm always just like, Oh, wouldn't it be so nice? Mm -hmm. Um, which is something I also talk about in the book. And I think that my whole mission with that book was just to sort of shine a light on the honest experience of getting married, which is that it is like, at its core, a clusterfuck, um, because it's not, you know, you hear a lot about like wedding stress and planning stress. It's, it's deeper than that. It's also like you're trying to merge two families who don't necessarily, uh, have the same ideals or even like get along or really like each other. Um, hopefully they do, but that's not always the case for a lot of people. So, you know, all of that is sort of falling on you where you're trying to like merge your life with another person's life in this really formal way. And it can get really ugly. And that was something that I felt when I was writing the book, I was like, there's no, there are no materials out there for brides for, for newly engaged people 
that make them feel like they're not alone. And it was a really lonely experience for me, like really lonely. And um, it sounds so ridiculous to even say that because, you know, it's like, well, ultimately, like you got to have a wedding and the wedding was great. But leading up to the wedding really was like a year and a half of hell. Yeah, it's funny because I feel like there's so many expectations put on like kind of modern weddings and brides and every one of my friends in the process of planning a wedding has just been like this is horrible like I'm obviously excited to get married but like this is really really incredibly stressful and there's so much so many like just like a project management point of view there's so much to do and then there's all these personalities and all these different people who are disappointed by different aspects of like your plans yeah, I mean, the world is essentially crashing down around you. It forces you to have confrontation with people you really were never wanting to get to that level with, um, who you don't even necessarily feel comfortable talking to in those ways. And um, suddenly you are. And um, yeah, and I also think, you know, with like reality TV and particularly like wedding reality TV, there's a lot of discussion of like, it's stressful, it's stressful. And stress becomes this word that we hear so much that we almost don't really remember its power over your life and Mm -hmm. what it can do to you physically and emotionally and how it can impact other areas of your life. Like it makes it hard to work because you're stressed. It makes it hard to eat because you're stressed. It's actually impacting so many basic functions in your life that you take for granted. And then we have this word that sounds sort of frivolous at this point because we just hear it so much like, Oh my God, I'm stressed. It's like, no stress is like terrible for you. Like people get like illness from stress. So I feel like the wedding planning process is almost like, it's almost more, it's almost like akin to like a pregnancy or something because your body is undergoing changes from the stress. And that is, uh, like, that is no, like, laughing or light manner. That's, you know, that should be, that should be discussed more because um, it's, it's really, it's a long time. Like, for me, again, a year and a half is a really long time to be in that state. Yeah, and to be putting so much pressure on, um, you know, what essentially boils down to, like, a couple hours. It's, it's very intense. <laughs> Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, I think it is. And I think that, yes, it's, you know, you get to come out on the other end, you have a beautiful wedding. And most people do say like, it was all worth it. I don't necessarily feel like it was worth it. I think that my <laughs> wedding was great. I look back on those days fondly, but they are colored by the fact that it was like a year and a half of crazy leading up to it. I don't know if that's everybody's experience, but I at least felt I felt obligated to, to like, talk about my experience because at least if somebody reads that book they will be like oh, okay I'm I'm not crazy like I you know like my husband and I we were throwing the word divorce around while we were planning our wedding and people were coming up to us being like oh my god you're engaged you're engaged and we have to like plaster on these smiles you know like yeah it's awesome and we were like behind closed doors like falling apart and we talk about it now in this way where we're just like, what were we doing? It's like, it was like we were possessed. Wow. And that's so real. Again, not having been in the planning, but like I just, that's what I appreciate about your book and about you sharing that right now. It's just because I think, yeah, there's this, it's like this myth of 
what life should look like. We've like had, we've called it like the young adult to-do list. Like, and that part is glossed over, the stress of the wedding planning. Like, honestly, I feel like some of my friends have felt that way, but I haven't gotten the full story. And like that it could affect your relationship that much too. Like when the the relationship is the end goal. Um, yeah. Yes. And also, you know, there's also this pressure, like you do immediately, and I know some of this is like, people have heard this before, but you do feel pressure from family to do things a certain way. And you kind of revert back to this place where like your parents or your, your in-laws like are kind of telling you how to live your life. And that in and of itself is so uncomfortable because we have spent so much more time like not more time, but we've spent so much time now as adults who make choices for themselves that that alone reverting back to having somebody else tell you how to live is deeply uncomfortable and counterintuitive. Yeah. Yeah. And especially like, I know that for me when I, my parents are lovely. I have a great relationship with them and it's not, um, you know, it's not even really a problem. Like I have, you know, probably like an ideal situation, which is like really nice parents who are supportive and, and whatever. But when they tell me what to do, I am a 12 year old again. And I'm just like, yeah, it's really, I mean, it's definitely uh, fucking hashtag triggering for me. Yeah. So I can imagine months of that plus your future in-laws, like the, all the compounding of that. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, I, I, I love like my, my parents are so delightful. I love my in-laws. Like, they're truly the coolest, easiest people to hang out with. It just was the situation we were all in. And, you know, you start to learn what their boundaries are. You learn what your boundaries are. And you only learn them because you have to. Otherwise, you would just keep being like, you just keep them up. Because why wouldn't you just keep them? You know, you would just have the boundaries that you have. But when you're forced into a situation where, like, they're, they're truly being challenged and no one really has the answer everybody's kind of just making it up as they go. And then, you know, you realize that like your sort of personal limitations are constantly being violated and it's nobody's fault. It's just what has happened and no one means to do it. So it's like you have resentment that you didn't even anticipate because these are all great people. And yeah, it's, it can just get, again, I obviously am only speaking for myself, but the reason I speak so openly about it is because if anyone is listening or and has a friend who's going through it or they're personally going through it, it's it's just worth noting that you are 100% not alone. Yeah, no, it's it's also helpful from a perspective of like, I don't know, for me as one like who can be a little like not resentful but just particular or like annoying about attending other people's weddings or be kind of down if everyone's yeah, getting married. Yeah, trust me. Um, I like, hear you there. I'm, yeah, that's just a part way. of me. Like, now that I'm in a relationship, it's a little less resentful. I'm not, like, itching to get married, but I don't know. I just – I'm, like, a little bit sassy about X, Y, Z, whereas, like – so I think it's helpful from that perspective, too, of just being, like, hey, like, it's hell. Like, like it's a big process. Like, and it helps yeah. me try to stay open-minded, too. Well, I, I like that you said that because I also think, like, I was uh, – you know, I had been a bridesmaid before – and uh or or just a guest at at weddings you know Mm -hmm. and I kind of never I kind of always was like I don't know I I was always like like I would look at my friends like my one friend she got married and I was like she's being so fucking crazy like I never knew this about her and it really like colored the way I saw her for like a while after the wedding 
And then I would go like, then I would go to my other friend's wedding. Same thing. I was like, wow, I never saw them in that light. Like, you know, it really kind of like scares me a little bit about them. I just didn't know this about them. And now that I've like been part of their bridal party, I'm like, oh, this is like a completely different side that I didn't know existed. And then you just sort of, after you've gone through it yourself, you go, oh yeah, like that's just what this process does to you. Like it really does bring out this side of people that I don't even think they know they have. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I I really hate the term bridezilla. I always, I think it's like a slur. I think it's like calling like a woman with strong opinions pushy. Like I, I hate it. Um, but I do think that that is sort of the, the root of it. Um, is that like, it, it, it does transform people, the, the stress and the planning and the expectations, all of it just transforms people into, into a version of themselves that I really believe in their core. They didn't even know they had. Yeah. Yeah, completely. And I feel like it's very, I've had that same experience where I've seen friends, um, go to a level where I'm like, who are you? And then I've also had the opposite experience where like, I, I now, wait, it's kind of sad also but I I kind of expect friends to be like that at their wedding like I I'm like kind of like get ready for it I like steal myself I'm like this person's gonna be like a shit mess and then I've got like I went to one of my best friends got married in October and she was just so mellow the whole weekend and like things went wrong and she was just like whatever like it's gonna be fine and it was this other level where I was like oh my god I'm so impressed by you but that in and of itself was kind of sad because I was like oh I shouldn't be impressed by you just being you she's a very chill person um yeah yeah it's like the the weird dark other side of it um yeah but I think that 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 happens too because I feel like when it came to the actual wedding weekend for us I feel like I was also in this mode where I was like, again, it was a version of myself that I didn't know because I am definitely, I wouldn't describe myself as chill, but I, but I definitely was comparatively. I felt I, I, there, there was a bit of like a body high that I was feeling um, just because I think I was so happy that it was finally there and there was mm. like nothing left to do. Um, yeah. So I, I can, I, I do understand that happening where you kind of just slip into like, a blissful state because it's finally happening yeah totally totally and then on the other side of it do you have because it's valentine's day week and we have a lot of i mean i feel like for again a lot of women in a couple in in a certain age range like a a large part of your life is going to weddings and because of um you know the fact that weddings are such events now like going to the weddings the bachelorette parties the bridal showers that everything can take up such a big chunk of your life do you have advice yeah. or feels for anyone on like how to stay happy and excited for your friends and not resentful? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, I think that the, the biggest, I mean, it's so hard to answer because I really did feel, I did feel so many feelings towards friends through those events. Um, I think that if the, the most you can sort of uh, disassociate during that time with with what is going on and what is being expected of you uh i think that's the only way to get through it i think also you you're allowed to have healthy boundaries of you know what's being asked of you if someone is asking you to spend a bunch of money on them and you don't have it or you don't want to spend your money that way it is a hundred percent your right to be like i'm sorry i can't come to that and i don't think anyone really 
I don't think that they resent you for those kinds of requests because I think deep down most brides know it's a lot to ask. Um, and I, and I, I remember there were definitely some people who like couldn't come to my bachelorette party cause it was in Vegas and they were, they didn't have the money for it. And they were coming in from New York. And one of my friends, I was like, I'll pay for you. Like, I just want you there. I'll pay for you. And I didn't feel resentment towards her at all. I was just like, this is my choice. I want to do this for you. Um, and then there was like, there are other people who just couldn't, who couldn't make it. And I just kind of was like, yeah, like shit comes up. I, I don't, I think that, um, it's, I just, I guess my answer, sorry, it's clunky. I think my answer is just like, it's completely okay to set boundaries to preserve yourself and also to preserve the friendship. If you feel like you're going to do something that is going to ultimately build resentment towards someone, do not go. That's a good point, yeah, because sometimes this can all just really spiral kind of far, I think, um, or people, people's feelings, like friendship feelings can get really messed up over like a very small event, like rather than just being honest or like upfront with like, oh, I can't actually make it there, I can't actually afford it, or I'm having trouble, so that that's set up as an understanding. I think, you know, also another great thing too is like I, I really like, I know a friend of mine who was in someone's wedding, she was in the wedding of a girl who was very, very wealthy. And the girl wanted her bridesmaid to buy um, these like $800 Gucci shoes uh, to wear. And my friend was just like, I can't do that. I'm already spending money on this thing, on this thing, on this. I cannot buy $800 shoes. I just don't, I don't have it. And um, she wrote her friend an email. And then I think, then the friend's email back was kind of nasty. I think email is not the way to handle things. I think if you if you feel like talking directly to the person who's getting married is going to burden them, I think that they will likely have their like matron of honor or maid of honor um, or their whoever their sort of like wedding publicist is is like I like to call it. <laughs> uh, go to the publicist. You don't have to go straight to the source, and the publicist can then sort of deliver the information to the bride in a palatable way that isn't going to upset her. That's so wise. And also like my jaw is on the floor about that, those fucking shoes. And that that's insane. Oh, I mean, please. And also they were the most basic ass shoes. I saw a picture. I was like, you could buy a, a version just like this for $20. Yeah. They were literally like white satin, like, just or like you know just like basic like yeah you, you could get those from like a dance company you know what I mean like yeah. it's like not your pay I just feel like you know they just they were not they were not special um so yeah it was really crazy yeah that's oof. I would that would be I would feel so much resentment <laughs> like <laughs> that's extreme yeah and this girl is this girl's a billionaire like her family has is uh, they're billionaires Dude, so it's just like, that thing of yeah, oh, then buy you've got the damn shoes for, for everyone. Buy the shoes. <laughs> yeah. um, I think that I honestly think that in that situation, and this is what I told my friend, I think that I think that her friend, I don't know. I think that her friend is like she knows that she gives so much. Like she paid for everybody to go to the Bachelorette. She paid mm-hmm. for a lot of stuff. So I think she felt like in her mind this was like not a big deal. Um, to, to get these things. And it's like, yes, she should have just also paid for this. But I think there was probably a piece of her that was like, well, I did all these things for my bridesmaids. The least they could do is this. Um, so, you know, not saying it's right, but that is, I think, the, the thought process. Gotcha. Yeah. 
Interesting. I mean, every almost every wedding, you know, that you hear about, weddings you go to, or especially weddings you're in the party for or that, you know, your friends are in, whatever. Like, whenever I talk to a friend who's in a bridal party, there's almost always a story like that. Like, not necessarily that extreme, but just some kind of, like, fundamental disagreement about how much is too much, you know, how many, like, what the, what the obligations are. It's yeah. very stressful, but I think it's such a good piece of advice to go to the publicist. I'm, I was just thinking from our listeners' perspective, if, if they didn't know you as well before listening, they might be, like, dying to know how you met your husband. And then we could also end on, like, the happy part of, you know, finding a person. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That oh, might just yeah. be fun. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah, I've been, like, so insanely negative. No, um, you I, haven't. I, I, no, I really no. hope I am not. I'm only going that that extreme with it because I just think nobody does and so I'm kind of like trying to be the ambassador of of the negativity in a way that is hopefully like palatable and makes people um feel like they have a friend in this oh no Um, it's it's amazing Jamie no it's perfect the book is amazing I'm I'm like very negative pessimist we tend to be like harbingers of doom about dating and men like you are a beam of sunshine (laughs) so this is lovely (laughs) okay um well I met my husband on a podcast. We, um, it's really funny. It was a, it's a podcast that no longer exists, uh, that these, uh, my friends from the UCB used to do and they were interviewing me and then my husband was on in character. So I actually met my husband, not as my husband. He was playing this like ridiculous kind of like Jersey shore character, um, called Giovanni Domingo. And he was selling a product called protein roids. Um, like, like a muscle building powder or something. And it was just the funniest thing I had ever heard. And he improvised the whole thing. And I was just like, who is this genius? Like it made me laugh so hard. And then afterwards we kind of ended up talking a little bit, but at the time I was living in LA cause I had a writing job in LA and he was living in New York. So it wasn't until I got back to New York after my job ended that we actually started like kind of hanging out. He like came to my shows. And um, we started like hanging out after shows a little bit, and then it just kind of evolved from there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we were long distance for a while. Like we were just like talking and texting for like months. Um, no, I, yeah, I just it's so. so good, and I like met up because we're on a podcast. But it's just an amazing. I yeah, it's an amazing way to meet. I just it's like a very good reminder too of like. You know, you can meet anyone anytime and they could be in any form of themselves, like including another character. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was, I mean, yeah, I met him as a complete different version of himself. But um, I also think, yeah, I also think, it's so, yeah. Uh, what was the other part of the question? I was going to answer it and I forgot. Oh, what did I say? Oh, oh. And on a positive thing about the, about the wedding experience, I think that the positive thing that we gleaned from the whole thing was that it's really healthy for us to be autonomous and it really strengthened our personal decision-making as a unit because we realized that once you start inviting in a lot of different opinions, that's when things get really messy. And it's when you decide just the two of you, what works best for you too, um, and kind of shut out everything else. I think that that's when you're like, oh, okay, we're really like a team here. That's a yeah, that's that's a really good point. I feel like that that's definitely a hopeful way of looking at it. And it is, it's truly like the first huge series of like 
decisions you're making for yourself, your 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 new unit of all those friends and that family as one kind of like combining. So that's yeah. Yeah. And I think I said this in the book, maybe I talk about the power of we, which is so annoying when people like we you, they're like, oh, yeah, we loved that movie. Like, you know, the we is not a it's 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 usually frowned upon and people find it obnoxious. But when you're dealing with um, people trying to sort of like like your parents sort of regressing back to like being your parents or like you know, or even just in social situations where you feel pressure to go do something that you don't want to do. There is a power of we that really gets you out of things. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm fully on board with using it and abusing it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for doing this and doing this in the morning. Um, Where, well, first everyone should be watching crashing, but also where, what else would you like to promote? Where can people follow you? They all should. Oh, yeah, um, well, I have some kind of half exciting news. I can't fully share all of it, but we are turning the book into a TV show. <gasps> and we're actually currently casting right now um, couples who are who are getting engaged. Or if you have a friend who's getting engaged and you think would actually like want to be on a show uh, sort of documenting their process, um, you can actually email us at weddingcasting at itv.com. Um, yeah, and that's also on my Instagram, which um, is at really Jamie Lee. And then I'm at the Jamie Lee on Twitter. Awesome. Oh, that's really exciting. Um, but thank you so, so, so much for this. And yeah, everyone should also read Ridiculous. Go find it, read it. It's a great, great book. Um, yeah, this was so great. And we really yeah, appreciate thanks it. Thanks for being here. You can find everything Jamie just mentioned in the show notes below. And um, yeah, like, subscribe, review, all of that stuff. Us, we already said this. We already did. We had. (laughs) Thank you so much, Jamie. And yeah, Jamie, thank you. We always sign off and tell our listeners to go on a date. So go on a date if you want. (laughs) Thanks, guys.